6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Canadian women leading the way for this country at the Olympics. The latest, the Canadian women eight rowing crew captured gold. It's the 11th medal of Canada at the Games. We have three gold, three silver, and five bronze. Are you watching? Have you have you gotten into this yet? I know going into it, a lot of people were like, Mwah. but uh, it certainly seems to have changed. At least it certainly has at our house. I know uh, in the evening we are tuning in quite a bit. Now, we know that some female athletes also... Uh, getting attention for taking a stand on the uniforms they are required to wear. It's been an issue that has swirled around female athletes for years. Now, leading into the Games, you'll remember a Paralympian was told her sprint shorts were too short. Norway's uh, women's beach handball team, which is not competing at the Olympics, by the way, was fined for wearing athletic shorts instead of bikini bottoms in a bronze medal match against Spain. It was at the Euro 2021 tournament. Officials deemed their shorts to be quote, improper clothing. And the German gymnastic team at the Olympics decided to compete wearing a unitard instead of what we usually, uh, traditionally, are used to seeing on gymnasts. Our next guest is a retired professor from the University of Toronto specializing in critiques of the Olympic industry and gender uh, issues in sport. Dr. Helen Jefferson-Lenski, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jalen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, critique of the Olympic business. You must be busy these days. <laughs> well, I've been doing this for over 20 years, so uh, some of it is actually old hat, and yet um, I'm not the only one, of course, um, raising these key questions, and not very much has changed, although maybe with this rebellion on the part of female athletes this time around things might change yeah so as you said just off the top 20 years not much has changed so what was it like for you to see what we saw leading up to the games and now in the games with some of these athletes saying no it's my body it's my sport i'm going to wear what i feel comfortable in yes there has been that kind of rebellion before um but Perhaps because this Olympics is so unique. Um, we haven't had COVID before, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we're seeing this as mostly a television spectacle. There, there aren't spectators in the stands. And so the, the sponsors are relying on the television revenues, as is the IOC. And they'll get theirs. The only uh, investor who will suffer will be the, the Japanese organizing committee and the Japanese taxpayer. But back to the question of the women, um, because so many people are glued to their televisions and a lot of us thought that perhaps the games would be cancelled, it would have been the smart thing to do, but the IOC doesn't do the smart thing, it, it does the money-making thing. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, the games went ahead and we see these uh, uniform rebellions, which are very refreshing. But as I said, not the first time, I think it was in London, somebody in the Boxing Federation wanted the women to wear skirts so that mm-hmm. people would be able to tell the difference between males and females. So that was a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, in 2016 at Rio, Muslim women and their supporters were instrumental in getting some um, relaxation to the beach bikini, the, the mm-hmm. sport bikini look. And But then we see the Norway, the uh, beach handball team. Uh, there was a lovely photo of the women posed next to the men and the men are wearing fairly baggy shorts and tank tops and the, the women are wearing 
of bikini sport bra tops mm -hmm. and their board shorts going down to their knees. And that was considered so... Uh, such a deviation from the rules that they were fined, as you said, um, and uh, the, the singer, singer Pink, mm -hmm. world-famous singer, actually uh, offered to pay the fines. So that was a nice touch. So, you know, you said, you know, the, I, the IOC in it for the money, and I mean, that's a whole other conversation. We could probably fill the rest of the show with that, mm -hmm. Doctor. But, you know, when it comes to it, you know, you would think that it would be... It would be a decision made um, by the athletes and the associations that they belong to on what would be best and what they're most comfortable in. So even at the Olympics, you're telling me that sex sells. Oh, yes. Um, it's, that's been the case for decades, of course, but um, specifically heterosexual sex. And uh, so looking very conventionally feminine, which means heterosexually attractive, um, is the, the uh, attraction. And uh, that's the sort of thing that the sponsors are looking for. And uh, the international federations have to, and the IOC are catering to the sponsors in, in many ways. And then the the heads of the international federations um, and the national Olympic committees for each country are the decision makers around uniforms. And you'd kind of think because a lot of retired athletes in a in a female dominated sport, maybe gymnastics, for example, certainly the male gymnasts are. Uh, force in their own right but a lot more attention seems to be directed at female gymnasts and in theory some of the retired gymnasts might be now in leadership positions and might be able to mm. change the uh, clothing regulations however as we know from a lot of other workplaces the women who are successful in going up through the ranks and getting into boards of directors and leadership positions are not the women who are going to rock the boat they're the women who'll play the game that the boys and men play Dr. Helen Jefferson Lenski joining me this afternoon. So, um, you know, a lot of these rules uh, made by, uh, uh, you know, there are some women in, in these leadership roles, but a lot of them probably outnumbered by, by the number of men in these international federations. Um, what do you expect? What do you expect in the years to come? I mean, we've seen, a, a, you know, as we said, this pushback this year. Do, do you believe that it's going to continue? I would hope it will. Um, the thing is, with any initiatives that women, or particularly feminists, embark upon, there's often some some big steps forward and then some small steps backwards, or the sort of ebb and flow. And there's been, uh, I guess when you look back over the past few decades, the women's movement of the 60s and 70s in, in Western countries flourishing, and then a bit of a a pushback, um, a, a bit of the trend of I'm not a feminist, but sort of conversations. Mm. And and then uh, a few steps more forward when, when some strong women in leadership positions, in sport in particular, are making change from within these organizations. And then, uh, you know, too much and we're back a few steps. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice, 
wouldn't it be nice uh, if we could get to a point where an athlete, male or female, could compete in whatever they are comfortable in wearing as long as, you know, probably meet some standard guidelines as far as, you know, colors and whatever and the other, you know, matches what everyone else in, on the team is wearing. It, it, and it's not a competitive advantage, that sort of thing, maybe in swimming, that sort of stuff. But wouldn't it be nice if we could get to that point where athletes could have that control? Yeah, and in theory, um, retired athletes, and there's over 100 of them, are members of, of an organisation that the IOC created called the Athletes' Commission. So one might hope that those women... Uh, in the Athletes Commission would be able to make some changes but uh, they really um, are so controlled by the IOC that that doesn't happen mm. but sort of back to what you were saying about athletes choosing um, in martial arts and I used to do martial arts at a very low level but um, <laughs> I loved it and uh, it was just routine to wear the gi which it looks like sort of white canvas pajamas yeah. uh, it's not really but that's the uniform and with different color belts to indicate your level and of course uh, martial arts people in the Olympics wear the gi and nobody says oh you should wear something more revealing or mm. less revealing or whatever that's a tradition the martial arts came from the east and that tradition has stayed and except for being very hot in hot weather but um, I would say that that's a good thing and that's a, a model to follow that you have a uniform of some kind that works for the sport and you need the gi in martial arts because you are grabbed by the lapels, grabbed by the collar, yep. so on. Doctor, we'll have to leave it there. I want to thank you for joining me on this Friday afternoon. I appreciate your time and your insight. My pleasure. Thank you for Take having care. me. Take care now. Bye. You too. Bye.